Following the discovery of 215 unmarked graves at the Kamloops Indian Residential School, more and more communities across the country are looking to follow the lead of Tecumloops to Chiquetmic and search the grounds of former residential school sites. Other areas of the country have already done that. Recently, 35 unmarked graves were found at the former Regina Indian Industrial School and 104 unmarked graves of children found at the former Brandon Residential School. And just yesterday, we heard from Cookby Roseanne Cashmere in Tecumloops to Chiquetmic telling us that the Williams Lake First Nation preparing to investigate the site at the former St. Joseph's Indian Residential School. So what does the province have to do? What is their role in all of this? Well, I'm pleased to welcome now the Minister of Indigenous Relations and Reconciliation in British Columbia, Murray Rankin. Minister Rankin, thank you so much for this time, and how are you here this afternoon? I'm fine, Jeff, and thank you so much for asking me to, to be on the show with you. Yeah, so just to start off, I guess, you know, we, we're about a month removed from when this discovery has been made public, and just how has the province kind of been responding to this discovery at the Kamloops Residential School? I know it's been looking to, to Kamloops to be sort of taking the lead and, and letting our First Nations people here sort of lead the way in this, which I think is important. So with that said, how does the government sort of provide some, some supplementary support here? What is the provincial government's role now moving forward as we see these discoveries being made? Well, thanks. And I think you put your finger on the first part of the uh, of our action, and that is to listen and uh, take our lead from uh, Kupi uh, Kazimir and her community, because every nation is going to react uh, differently. You mentioned the, the, uh, the Chief Sellers and the, the Williams Lake uh, First Nation, and their response is slightly different. And so, you know, we must acknowledge the diversity of Indigenous peoples in our province and their response to all of this. But the the, the leadership uh, of Cookby Casimir in this difficult time is really quite extraordinary, and so we want to ensure that the space that you know they need to d d deal with this tragedy through cultural protocols and healing and the like are honored, and um, we'll take our lead, as I say, initially from that. But in terms of the next steps. Once they formulate specific requests to us, we stand ready. We stand ready in partnership with Minister Mark Miller, who's the Federal Minister of Indigenous Services, and I've had conversations with him. And I, I think equally important, we put, put, put together, Jeff, a coordinated structure between the federal and uh, provincial governments. We want to have a, a single point of contact. We want to make sure that when they, uh, a nation reaches out to government, that we don't, that, that, that there's no ambiguity about how to, how to respond and, and that's an important place uh, to, to start. We want to make sure that there's funding there to deal with some of the things that will be needed. I mean, you referenced uh, healing and, and, and the grieving process, but after that, there'll be other things that will be requested of government, and we stand ready to respond. What about, you mentioned financial aid for a lot of the supports, which of course is critically important here, but I'm curious if the province has had any discussions about providing financial aid to do some of the work, like the ground penetrating radar that was done here in the Kamloops Residential School. I know that's a very expensive process. Uh, Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe, mentioned that they wanted to you know, help uh, First Nation communities do that kind of work, if possible. Has the province of BC had any similar discussions about providing financial aid to actually you know, make more of these discoveries. I know we don't want to make them, but they're they're there, and right. we're going to make more of them. So, is the is the government in BC stepping up in that regard? The first thing I did was I contacted uh, Mark Miller. I used to be the member of Parliament for Victoria, so I, I know him, and I know uh, Carolyn Bennett, the minister as well, uh, Crown and, and uh, Indigenous Relations Minister. Um, I, I made sure that they knew that we are 
it's important that we present ourselves as a team, as a coordinated entity, that, that Victoria and Ottawa can be a long way away, in particular for a, a remote First Nation somewhere in British Columbia. They, it must feel very, very far away. So we wanted to be sure we were, we were coordinated. Secondly, I wanted to make sure that the money that the federal government had in their 2019 budget, $27 million, to deal with the very thing you're talking about, Jeff, the ground-penetrating radar and the discovery that... Uh, it was that a grant under that program which led to the discovery that uh, uh, the Tecumlux Shretmik are, are dealing with right now at the Kamloops Residential School. So if we can create one entity, one place to go, we can then decide together what is the best expenditure process, like what is it that they need. If the federal government, for example, already has a budget to deal with ground-penetrating radar, or other entities have come forward, we know that there have been a number of them that have, I've read about that are volunteering their services and expertise to the nations. We want to make sure that there's no gaps. And so it's a question of, of being responsive when a request is made. And I think that that is the key for us right now, is to make sure that there are no gaps. We know that there's an awful lot of healing and uh, uh, mental health support, frankly, that's required. I, I know many people who've been triggered by this discovery, who've had serious, uh, uh, who've been clean and sober, for example, for years and suddenly have had, uh, have a, have had a relapse because of this. You know, the pain and the anguish, the trauma, the re-traumatizing that this can affect, we want to make sure that that's one particular area where we've been asked to, to, uh, to lend support, and we definitely will do that. But again, until we know, we know the scope of it, until we know the best way for us to proceed based on the request of individual nations, it's hard to formulate a more specific answer. Okay. Uh, have you had or heard, um, you know, from a number of other First Nation communities, you mentioned, you know, t- talking with Chief Sellers, um, but have you heard of of a lot of additional First Nation communities coming forward to kind of see where the process is at. I think the the report that we're going to be getting from Tecumlips to Shikwetmik on the work that they've been doing, it's expected later this month, will probably be a, a nice guideline of where you know people might be able to go in terms of the search, in terms of the discovery, and all of the, the groundwork that has to be done prior to those uh, specific investigations taking place. But have you just yep. been hearing, hearing a lot uh, from, from other communities? And, and do you think that report from Tecumlips will kind of help guide this process. I do. I think you're absolutely right about that because it, it'll have it'll be then tangible and concrete for a lot of people, and they'll say maybe we should consider doing that in our uh, areas around uh, residential schools uh, nearby. Uh, I have had two or three conversations now specifically with other nations. Um, the, the the lower post uh, uh, residential school, which was horrible uh, by all accounts, is just as to your for your listeners who don't know, is south of, of Watson Lake in the BC side of the border. Uh, we have been asked uh, to go up there uh, on Monday, and the Premier uh, was responsible for getting the federal government to come to the table with significant funds. BC put some money forward, and we were going to, if it still takes place, there's been some question about whether that will take place, but if that event takes place, we would go up and and literally start tearing down that residential school. But Jeff, just to illustrate my point about the diversity of responses, I understand that Tecumlups Shrepnik wanted to keep that building in place as a historical reminder. Mm -hmm. That's the choice I think that they've indicated they want. Whereas, as I say, in the Northwest, up at uh, Lower Post, they want that building taken down as soon as they can. It's a site of horrible memories. Uh, Conversely, over in uh, the Cranbrook area, 
the Tanaha have taken their old residential school, the St. Eugene's Mission School, and literally turned it into something better. They've turned it into a hotel and resort that's been very successful. So I guess I'm trying to say there's a huge disparity. I mean, it's, nations have to come to their own conclusions yeah. as to what is best and what best meets, meets their needs. And we stand ready to, uh, to work side by side with them and the federal government uh, as those choices are made. Uh, Minister, while I have you, I know that uh, this issue kind of came up a little bit today during question period as the current session of the Legislative Assembly came to a close today. Uh, but there was some questions that were posed to the Premier about activating a standing committee on Aboriginal affairs. Um, of course, standing committees holding public hearings, issuing reports with recommendations for government. You responded basically saying, you know, your door is open to anyone who has some constructive suggestions on how to work together to address the challenge. But didn't, you know, formally commit to a standing committee. I'm just curious, uh, you know, why do you think that would be a useful tool? And, and how come, you know, you're not ready to uh, specifically commit yeah. to one just yet? Well, I, I want to pay tribute to the two MLAs in, Cam in Kamloops, uh, Todd Stone and Peter Millibar. Peter Millibar is my critic, and he's been uh, very, he made a very powerful statement today in the House as well on this difficult situation. Not so much on the, on the idea of a re re reinvigorating that standing committee, but just in general. And I commend the spirit of the, uh, of the idea. Uh, it's definitely an idea, re reinvigorating the committee that's worthy of consideration. The point is, though, it's one vehicle and the point that the opposition made which I think they made very effectively is reconciliation is not a partisan issue I mean the Declaration yeah. Act we all we all stood up together all three parties and uh, unanimously voted in favor of that change and we're the only government in Canada indeed in North America that has such a, a bill although the federal government has just uh, has just seen fit to uh, pass the bill it hasn't been proclaimed but you know I think there's something that could well be done here, uh, but the, the, the key part of it is that would be one vehicle. Uh, would, it, uh, would it be a, a vehicle that would add value? I think we need to have a good hard look at what its mandate would be, exactly what it would, would do. But the point that was made by the opposition about collaboration across party lines, working together, I think is an excellent one. And if that, if that vehicle that well, might well be the forum for that, I can think of a lot of other places as well where we can work together. Um, and, and just to follow that up, because I know MLA Ellis Ross, uh, former chief of the Heisler First Nation, was pretty outspoken about this, you know, talking about how politicians delivering words, empty words. He wants to see action. That's why he got into provincial politics in the first place. Uh, just how do you sort of reinforce the fact that this isn't just, you know, you making statements, but real action is actually going to be coming here? Well, he did make a very passionate speech, and I, I, I know he was speaking from the heart. Look, we just brought in an action plan. We put it out for consultation. Your, your listeners can go on the website and look at uh, the action plan under the Declaration Act. It's on the B.C. government website, and check it out. These are concrete, practical suggestions, 79 of them, of things we can do. Not, not Jeff, the kind of you know, aspirational things uh, that people worry about when we get involved in. It's just words. That was a concern that he raised. But I ask you to look at that and, and, and ask yourself if those are just words. Those are things that we've worked on with First Nation leaders to say, here are the practical things we can do over the next five years. Because if you don't have a plan, you're not going to get anywhere. So we have a plan. But it's in addition to the things that this government has been doing. The first government to pass a Declaration Act with all party support. We put millions and millions of dollars of housing on, in, on reserves. 
Now, Jeff, I haven't got to tell you that's a federal responsibility, but this government stepped up. We have revenue sharing to the tune of $3 billion over 25 years for the 204 First Nations in BC. We are really wanting people to understand that this is an all-of-government commitment. Every minister has it in his or her mandate letter that reconciliation is critically important and they'll be evaluated on their performance in bringing that home. And I just think our actions will, will speak much louder than words. And over the next five years, look at the roadmap, see if you don't agree that we are taking real steps to deal with the legacy of colonialism, which is frankly what we're trying to reverse here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minister, that's uh, pretty much all the time that I have right now. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and speak to me. And, you know, I've been trying to get you here for a, a little bit of time. So I really thank you for, for finding a few minutes for me here today. And, you know, this issue, of course, doesn't go away over the course of the summer, even though the Legislative Assembly is on a bit of a recess here. So hopefully we'll have a chance to catch up again in the not too distant future and see where things are, are progressing. But uh, again, just thank you so much for, for joining me today. My pleasure. Happy to do so, Jeff. Thank you for, your, for following up on this important story. Absolutely. My thanks right there. BC's Minister of Indigenous Relations and Reconciliation, Murray Rankin.